Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions at 807 West Savage in Spring Lake, Michigan, is proud to be a sponsor of the Spring Lake High School Share Chair Podcast. So we are here with Evelyn Schlukeber, who is one of my students. She's been in my academy class for a few years now, which is basically um, a homeroom kind of a class. And then I have her this semester also in contemporary literature. We know each other fairly well from being together for a few years straight. She's really lovely, effervescent, happy uh, person, loves to read and also loves to sleep. <laughs> the creature comforts. Um, and I quite enjoy her. Um, my husband had her as a student too back in middle school. And so we often speak with fondness about how wonderful and dear Evelyn is. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am an 18-year-old senior at high school, one of the older kids in my grade, and it has been a pretty long, grueling journey to reach senior year. (laughs) I've been, I'm terrified of graduation, if I'm quite honest. It's not that, like, I'm not excited, like, I'm gonna be like, yes, we're done with school and all that, but it's the perspective of my whole life is going to not be the normal it's been since I started preschool. And I won't have that same cause the buffer between summer and the next year. Cause I was literally thinking my friend, my best friend is moving down to Florida this summer. And I was like, Oh, I'll have to plan a trip and make sure I get back here before school starts. And it hit me suddenly. I was like, Evelyn, you don't go back to school next mm-hmm. year. And it's, the biggest struggle I found with graduation is I know I have people that won't be here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's made it hard for me to settle down with the idea of post-grad is there are, are two friends of mine that I know won't be here because they've passed on, mm. you know? And that makes the prospect of growing up even scarier to me. Even though, in my personal opinion, I find that the class of 21 is very grown up. Mm-hmm. And we grew up very quickly. And that sounds stupid <laughs> and very cliche, But I just see a very different aspect and dynamic with the class of 21 Mm -hmm. than I've seen with most other classes. What do you mean by that? Um, Well, I I think I noticed it and I started delving into that thought more so freshman year Mm -hmm. because, you know, we were 12 and 13 when we had our first loss to suicide, Mm -hmm. my friend Kylie. And we were all so young. And it definitely it hit all of us in a way that I, you know, it hits everyone in a, a terrible way. But I just feel like us being such young kids. How old was she and how old She you? was 12. I was 13 at the time. She was much younger. Her birthday had just, oh, was she 13? She might have been 13 because her birthday had just passed a couple months before So you that. were in seventh grade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I remember this. Yeah, we were. And it just... I saw a very large shift amongst all of us. It wasn't happy-go-lucky middle school. We got more serious much more quicker. I, I just, a lot of grades don't know everyone in their grade, mm-hmm. but when you ask the class of 21 about someone in our grade, we can guarantee you we know who it is. Even if it's not by like friends, it's by association, and it's because we've all grown up together. And we all became very compact, even if we all pretend to hate each other. Yeah. We became, we're very much there for each other. Even a if we family. Might, yeah, yeah. 
And class of 21 is also just a mess in general, <laughs> if we're being honest. I love the class of 21. It's a great group. I, I love it, your too. Your class is awesome. And you are a tight-knit. I mean, I definitely get that feeling having taught you guys in 10th grade and then again in 12th grade. Um, it's definitely a connected group. Mm-hmm. Both, I mean, back when you were in 10th grade, I had big groups of you guys who came in at lunchtime, and it was always conversing about teachers and remember Mrs. Wonder saying, yeah, this class talks a lot about teachers and experiences they're having and what are you doing for your homework and what are you doing for this or that or just in general life stuff. Like you guys are very connected to each other and it's not as, there's not as many cliques. It's, there's a lot of crossover, I yeah, think. Yeah, we do have our cliques, but there is just a lot of crossover. It's like people have been like, oh, Evelyn, you're so popular. No, no, I'm not. I just drift. Mm-hmm. And we can all converse, even if we might not like each other much, if it is something like that, we still are able to be like, hey, like, what's up? How are you? You know, we're and I definitely attribute that to at such a young age, losing someone that was important to everyone in my grade. Mm-hmm. And then just this past year, last year, we lost another student, Pierce. And mm-hmm. it's just I, I found that we've all been different since then and it's encapsulated a lot of how we've grown I know it's been a big part of who I've become as a person especially with my own personal struggles in life Mm -hmm. and I find it interesting tell me about that how did you how do you let their legacy would you call it that impact your evolution well especially Kylie was one of my best friends for a really long time and we actually had been planning to sleep over the weekend before she passed which sucked yeah. But she lived her life loving everyone. She had such big dreams, and she was just a beautiful, amazing soul inside and out. And I, I continue my life throughout by being that type of kindness that she was. Cause it didn't matter who you were, what was going on. It didn't matter if she was struggling and in the darkest parts of her life. She loved you, and she would give you that attention that you knew, like she knew you needed. And I, I try and bring that same thing back to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the be kind mm-hmm. is all for her. And I'll continue to be kind for the rest of my life in honor of my friend. Oh. That's wonderful. What a, what a powerful tribute to, to her character. And I think sometimes with, with suicide, um, we often remember the method by which a person passed and sometimes I think the focus shifts from how the person lived their lives. Mm-hmm. It's not to take away the tragedy of it, but you know, no matter how you die, it's just a part of of life. Again, I'm not dismissing anything, yeah. but it's wonderful, I think, to her that you remember the way she lived and how she talked to people and treated people and loved people. and. She was a giant ray of sunshine mm-hmm. in anyone's life. And everyone in my class, it doesn't matter if we barely knew her, everyone in the class loved her. And she, we still, I think a lot of us still carry her in that way of be kind. Mm-hmm. Because that's what became her mantra after she passes. We all were saying be kind. She was bullied so much. So do you do that to yourself too? Do you tell yourself to be kind? Are you kind to yourself? <laughs> most of the time yeah um I have a feeling that you send this energy outward a lot but maybe you don't always remember that 
you need to be your own best friend. Ah, and you're sitting here looking all shifty-eyed. What, what tipped you <laughs> off? I, I don't know what could have tipped you off to that. Well, it's also a behavior that a lot of it, it, women, I think, a lot of times, but I, but I think almost everyone, we, we tend to be harder Every, on ourselves. Every, everyone than, does, but it's definitely seen more in women because we're more vocal about it mm-hmm. than men will be about their, their issues and their dysmorphia and their issues with their body. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, this year I've gotten a lot better at telling myself to be kind to myself. So what happened? Um, let's see. Let's start way far away back to freshman year and I that was the year I finally was diagnosed with my depression and my anxiety so I was on pills and I was trying multiple different medications which was a mess it was awful um but also that year I had developed an eating disorder I started suffering from bulimia because I couldn't bring myself to not eat so I was like why not shove a toothbrush down my throat oh, instead. Gosh. Not the brightest idea I've ever had, obviously. Well, it's horrifying, it's sad, and it's power, it and, and it's... you're trying to reclaim something for yourself and some control. And, mm-hmm. and I, I um, was struggling a lot still, because I, you know, it was like the middle school relationships and stuff, so m- me as a person was still trying to cope back from a recent middle school relationship ending. And... You know, that started happening because I've never loved myself much. I've gotten a lot better with it, mm-hmm. and I just am... But when I began with my bulimia, I, it was, the thing is, is I would eat food, and then when I would later throw up, I'd look at myself in the mirror and go, see, your stomach's smaller. Let, let's keep this up. And I'm very thankful that within a couple of months... What happened was I had been going up the stairs in pod five, I think, and I went to swing my backpack off on my shoulder because we still had backpacks at this point, (laughs) and my legs just gave out. I was on the ground on the stairs like that after just swinging my bag up on my back, and a teacher was behind me, and the teacher was like, oh my gosh, are you okay, blah, 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 and I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. In my head, I'm sitting there, I'm going... Evelyn, you can't support your body weight. Mm-hmm. This is the, a problem. And I went and talked to Emily Berry. Love her. She yeah, is a blessing. She's wonderful. She is amazing. And I talked to her about it, and she ended up being the one to reach out to my mom mm-hmm. about it for me because I couldn't. It was difficult to try and, you know, express to your mom that, especially when my mom has known my struggles and she's experienced them. So it was hard for me to have to look my mom in the eyes and be like, I, I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore, you know? And later that year, I got into a pretty serious relationship, I'd say. Not super, not too little, not too much, you know? And it was good. It was the first time I had really had a boy show me what a real love should feel like, how you should be treated, and how... People should show their appreciation for you. You know, first boy to write me a little love letter and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But we later broke up. And that sent me to a spiral. Because I was already spiraling throughout most of freshman year. My grades weren't great. The transition from multiple different meds, trying to find this perfect one that would work, actually. And I, I was just spiraling. And that was, like, the final little tap to, like, throw me over the edge. And I, after a month of barely eating, 
I had lost about 18 pounds, I think. Not 18, no. Eight pounds. I had lost eight pounds in a month. So I went from 125 to, I think, about 117. It's a lot of weight. It was, it was shocking. And it's a shock it. to the system, too. I didn't know it until I had one week in June. I had plans to commit suicide. And the only thing that stopped me was, one, I knew I didn't want to lose everyone at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Two, I have an irrational fear of death. It terrifies me. And my therapist had said to me, Evelyn, how does that work when you, you don't want to be around, but you're terrified of death? I'm like, it works in a way that it saved my life, basically. Because mm-hmm. I looked at the pills I was holding in my hand, and I chucked them away from me, started crying, and didn't tell my parents until a few days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I waited a few days before I dropped the bomb. And then on June 26th, I was admitted to Pine Rest for a week. And that was rough in the way that I had so many things that got revealed to me. Because for me, what gets me is I'm like, Evelyn, you're a small town white girl. You have a middle class family. Like you're like, I've had a great life. Mm-hmm. I have. And I've had a phenomenal parents, phenomenal brothers. I love all my friends. All my teachers have always been great to me. They've been a huge support system for me, really. And I'll talk about that more later. But, and so in Pine Rest, I'm surrounded by these kids that have had worse lives than me, significantly. And I loved the kids I was there with. Because most people hate their experience at Pine Rest. I loved it. And it's because I had these kids there that were amazing. They were all close to my age, and we all just got along really well. And I remember, you know, in the midst of me being like, why did I do that? It was pointless. Like, why, why would you even try to commit suicide? And I, I said that to one of the girls there while we were in group therapy. And she looked me dead in the eyes and went, Evelyn, there is no pointless reason to commit suicide. And that, that hit me. That really hit me. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, shit. The, you're right. But... It's not fair that people like me, am I, like this is what I was thinking at the time, is it's not fair that people like me, good parents, good home, I have money, you know, things are good for me, to just up and decide I can't do this. Mm-hmm. When I knew people there that had abusive parents and that weren't living at home anymore, 16-year-olds with heroin addictions, you know? Mm-hmm. But they, they put into perspective for me how important it is that even if it seems stupid is not and what matters is that you're okay and that you get okay and that you are able to become stronger and they helped me with that you know these these boys and girls there we all became a little family a little mentally ill family (laughs) but um all families are a little mentally ill (laughs) oh yeah they are that's what makes them fun you know (laughs) but and there i started learning more about acceptance towards myself and a big thing that got pointed out to me is that I hated change I still hate change to this day but it was to a crippling extent at the point you know I was dealing with the change of high school I wasn't the same prodigy child I had been as a kid you know I wasn't the kid that was reading grades ahead you know you were great at what you were doing you got all A's and B's my grades were slipping because I was depressed 
And that continued for three more years of my high school life. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, you know, getting broken up with. And all those changes messed my head up. And I was being told, like, you need to get over this. Like, Mm -hmm. you're 16. You should not be this scared. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I am. Because I also have a crippling fear that people won't love me in the way that I want people to love me. And I wasn't good enough to receive that love. So that got, that got worked out while I was there. I was there for a week. My parents picked me up. And later I went to Texas that summer, which also was good because that gave me breathing room. I'd say I was able to breathe again after being... So you're afraid of change. You're afraid of death. You're afraid of being loved. You're afraid, no, afraid of, of, not, being of not being loved, of being worthy of love. What brought you to going to Texas if, if you were so afraid? It's, it's curious to me that... I mean, that was, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to mm-hmm. jostle yourself a little bit, to, to change up the scenery. But it's interesting that you did that. Were you feeling... I I actually had had it planned for a while to go to Texas that summer before the incident because I had a friend that lived down there at the time. Okay. And it just happened that it got lucky enough that it was, you know, at least a couple weeks after getting out and my parents knew my friend's mom. My friend could be trusted with me because he had been here previously. So I flew down there and it it was very nice being down there with a friend, you know, it did jostle me, but it did help a lot. I think removing myself from the air of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I love it here, but there is an air to it sometimes. And so well, it's went, cloudy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, exactly. <laughs> all those other things are true, but sometimes exactly. just you need some sunshine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, freshman year would have been the most pivotal of all, all the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. in my life. Cause that's where, I, I began the very slow and grueling process of getting to where I am today. What would be your advice then? Like when you... It's, it is hard to explain. I live my life choosing to be the truest person I can and putting love and kindness out there before hatred. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of the hatred. Mm-hmm. I, I had to learn that lesson after this last breakup is I was told by my friend Evelyn, you cannot wish hate and ill will onto him, or you will never fully develop into the person you want to be. Yeah, that's and I a great that. piece of advice. I did. Like, yeah, I'm still bitter and stuff, but I'm not going to openly throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I'm happy, and I'm healthy, and all I can want is to continue to be that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue doing that while also reaching my hand out to others. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, I've always been really open about everything. I was in Buck's Blade my freshman year. Or so, yeah, freshman year. And I talked about my bulimia in that. Because mm-hmm. it was, a, I can't remember what it was called, but I'm sure you remember when a bunch of kids came together to talk about mental health and stuff. The panel. Yeah, the panel. I was in that. And I, I just continued. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I continued after that to just continue to be open. And it always ended with me just wanting people to know you are not alone mm-hmm. and we are here. Mm-hmm. And. Although sometimes things I'll say might sound cliche or dumb, like things will be okay, things will. And you, you have to sometimes remind yourself that as dumb as it seems, things will be okay. And you can start taking the steps so that you can feel okay. Because you can feel like you're never going to be okay. Things won't be okay. 
But if you have that reminder, even from yourself or someone you love and that loves you, mm-hmm. going, hey, it's going to be okay. Even if it feels so stupid. Because I get people get mad at me when I say that. I'm like, I'm speaking, I'm saying this because it will. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be there personally, no matter what, in order to make sure things will be okay. And just to keep being you. Don't Don't let yourself be snuffed out by people around you you are the brightest light you could ever be yes i love that and people should live their lives being the truest person to themselves as they can be mm-hmm. and that's another that's what i love about grand haven sometimes too is a lot of kids do mm-hmm. i love it i see so many personalities here that's so nice to hear i feel the same way yeah like, i did not go to a school like this but I, I always think I would have loved it as a student despite the bad rep that Grand Haven mm-hmm. might get there is a very wide range of people here mm-hmm. and I'm very glad I grew up in such a diverse community even if it's not the most diverse it is in the big ways and the small ways from race to hair color to the type of people that are here mm-hmm. money all of that everyone is so unique it's been really interesting and, and enlightening to listen to you talk about thank these you. things. It yeah. was really nice doing this with you. I'm glad. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had a feeling it would be it would be cool, but I did not know the direction it would take. And you have a bright future ahead of you. So I'm proud for you. I'm excited to see where you go. And anything else you would like to say? It feels like a natural kind of conclusion. It seems like you've processed through some things even going in this conversation. Just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? I'm just... I don't know. <laughs> You're good. I Thank you very much. By the way, that means a lot to me. Aww. I really appreciate that. Um, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Classic kid ending to a speech. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Evelyn. It was absolutely a pleasure. You are a wonderful person. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shared Chair Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.